Welcome to the LFC Podcast, where our mission is to make, deploy, and multiply mature and equipped Christ followers. We're grateful for this opportunity to bring you a message of hope, healing, and life transformation today. Enjoy the message. We've been in this series called Surrender, and to surrender Breaking it down to just the bare basics, surrender simply means that you agree to stop fighting, right? Surrender means to stop fighting or stop hiding or stop resisting because you know that you are not going to win or even succeed. In essence, that's what surrender is. And this particular record was on display Uh, in the National Archives in Washington, D.C. In mid-December of 1944, Allied forces were surprised by a massive German offensive through the Arden Forest that created a bulge in the Allied lines. Caught in what would become known as the Battle of the Bulge, the 101st Airborne Division of the United States Armed Forces was holed up in Bastogne, while German armored forces, uh, divisions circled the town. They were outnumbered, they were outgunned, and they were running out of food and ammunition and medical supplies. And the embattled assistant division commander, Brigadier General Anthony McAuliffe, faced bleak prospects. Well, on December the 22nd, the American troops were sent an ultimatum from the German forces outside the town demanding the honorable surrender of the town within two hours. You got two hours to give up. And General McAuliffe replied, what he replied was brief and succinct. To the German commander, can anybody hear me now? To the German commander, and this is all he said, nuts, exclamation mark. And then he wrote it, the American commander. (laughs) Well, having made their position clear, the Americans dug in and waited for the attack. And contrary to the German expectations, the 101st held out and reinforcements arrived in the form of the U.S. Army's 4th Armored Division. The Battle of the Bulge continued for several more weeks with thousands of casualties on both sides, but by the end of January of 1945, the Allies had retaken all the lost territory to the Germans and were headed towards Berlin. Well, you say, well, what? Okay, that's great, Pastor. That's a great American history story, and all the history buffs are like, hooah, right? We're ready to go. Let's take them. Well, a very well-known theologian summed up this entire thing in one phrase. You gotta know when to hold them. You gotta know when to fold them. You gotta know when to walk away. And you gotta know when to run. How many know that theologian, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, according to his own testimony, Uh, to King Agrippa in Acts chapter 26, Saul had received a thorough Jewish training from his earliest of childhoods. In other words, he had attended Sunday school, 
He was a part of Bible quiz. He had gone to kids' church. He was a part of the youth group. He had attended life at LFC. He's gone to camps, conventions, you name it. He had been a part of it all. And he had been a member of the strictest part of the Pharisees of that day. And with all of this, he was radically, everybody say radically. He was radically opposed to everything that had to do with the name of Jesus. In fact, he was so radically opposed that he got letters from the high priests and the, the Pharisees and all the sad people that you sees, right? If you know what I'm talking about, sad you sees, right? He got letters from them, warrants from the judges, and he went around arresting people who were considered a part of the way. You see, Christians, early Christians of that time, they were given nicknames and mocking nicknames and this particular one who were a part of the way. And what he would do is he would have them arrested. He would sometimes even approve of their deaths right in front of them. He, to the Christian community, was a terrorist of that day. Horrible atrocities in the name of God. You see, Saul thought he was doing the will of God and he thought that he was completely surrendered to him, but in fact, he found himself fighting against God. You ever met somebody like that? They thought that they were right, were right, and they sang the I was right song. Have you ever heard the I was right song? I was right and you were wrong. I'm going to sing the I was right song. Never heard that before? You did now. I'm going to cut an album, right? Well, in Acts chapter 9, we see what really happened to this guy by the name of Saul. And the Bible says, as he was approaching Damascus on his mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone around him. And he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now listen, they didn't have sound systems. There was no internet. There was no AI. There was none of that. Right? There was no hidden speakers in the ground. This was a voice that called out from heaven. And he said this, now get up and I want you to go into the city and I'm going to tell you what you got to do. And the men that were with him, you see, he had a posse with him that their main job was to go around rounding up Christians, taking them hostage, abducting them, throwing them into prison or even killing them. Sounds familiar. And so they heard the sound of someone's voice, but they didn't see anybody and they were freaked out. And so Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened up his eyes, he was blind. And his companions had to grab him by the hand and walk him into Damascus. And he remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. You see, Saul had his own agenda. And sadly enough, friends, many of us do too. We can be so covered with this spirit of religion 
that we can be blinded by our own desires and still call it God's will. This is why all of us, everybody say all of us. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. (laughs) This is why all of us have got to completely surrender to the Lord. And that's what I want to present to you here today. What happens when you completely surrender? Number one, when you completely surrender to the Lord, number one, your eyes are going to finally be opened. We got word uh, just this Friday night and someone came in, uh, a gal came in and this place was absolutely packed out. There were 47 uh, decisions for Jesus Christ this past Friday night. Absolutely phenomenal. And one of the ladies gave her testimony that uh, when my eyes were finally opened, what, it's amazing what you can see when your eyes are finally opened. Well, that's what happens when you completely surrender the Lord. Your eyes, eyes are open. You can finally see. Well, at the same time, remember, Saul gets knocked off the horse, right? And he can't see and he's, 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 he's completely blind. At the same time, there was this guy by the name of Ananias. And one day the Lord called out to him in a vision and Ananias did the right thing. He said, yes, Lord. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be wonderful if we always had a yes on the tip of our tongue, right? And he said, hey, A, that's the way God talks, right? Nicknames. I need you to grab your GPS and type in these coordinates. I need you to go on over to Straight Street because there is this dude over there named Saul and he's praying to me right now. Just like you are receiving this vision right now, he's receiving a vision right now of a guy by the name of Ananias walking into his room, laying hands on him so he can finally see. Well, Ananias was like, "Um, Lord, have you been keeping up with Facebook? Have Have you been keeping up on X, formerly known as Twitter? Have you been keeping up with what's going on? Because this dude, Saul, is just like Billy Idol. He's bad to the bone, right? Don't you understand what he has done? He's done terrible terrible things to the Christians in, in, in Jerusalem. But the Lord reassured him, Ananias, listen, go, because I've chosen him, and I'm gonna let him know how much he's got to suffer for my name's sake. So in Acts chapter 9, it says, so Ananias went and found Saul, and he laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, stop there. He hadn't been to church. He didn't say a little prayer. But he got called brother. You see, when we call someone brother, they're pretty much generally our blood relative, right? If you've got a, a sister in the house, you know, it's, it's, it's your sister, brother or sister. But in this case, when you were called brother and they had nothing to do with blood, no DNA that's there, it meant that I identify the Christ that's within you. You are a Christian, so we are technically brothers and sisters in the Lord. And so here Ananias walks in the room and he said, Brother Saul, he recognized that he had been with Jesus and now he is a believer, but he's still blind. He is a believer, but he is blind. 
And he said, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me to you that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, you can't be filled with the Holy Spirit unless you're a child of God, unless you have Jesus Christ residing in your heart. It can't happen. You can't buy it. You can't get it by attending just a few services, right? It's it's not like that. It's not like a certificate because you've gone through life at LFC. This is something you've had an encounter with God and you've asked him to be Lord in your life. Now the Holy Spirit has come in, right? Well, the Bible says in verse 18, instantly something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and he was baptized, What's interesting is so many people today are blinded by their own religion that they literally cannot see what's right in front of them. Come on, someone talk to me here today. They think that they are right with God, yet in fact they are fighting against what he's trying to do in their lives and through their lives. It could be because they're grumbling and they're complaining about the most insignificant of things or taking up someone else's offense and fighting a battle that simply does not belong to them, or blatantly accepting and approving of things that go completely against God's will. In other words, they are blind. And I'm telling you here today that you and I have got to have a radical encounter with the Lord and completely surrender to him so our eyes will be opened. We must have an increase of God's presence in our lives so that all of us can truly be changed, putting to death the works and the attitudes of our flesh. And if we will, then we can become like the Ananiases in this world that are willing to step out and be used by God operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. How many want that? Anybody want that? Ephesians chapter one, verse 18 says it best. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. I pray that your eyes of your heart may be enlightened. But right now in this room, you may be only able to see the negative. Back in the day, when you take a picture, you get that film, right? You would take that film to Walmart, Kmart. How many Kmarts are, you know what I'm talking about, right? The blue light special, (laughs) right? You take those and you get those negatives and then you can make the pictures out of those things. Some people can only see the negative. Right now, you may be only able to see the natural. The natural in what we see is really ugly right now, especially on the other side of the world. Things that are happening in America, the, the only the negative, the natural, But can I tell you, God is waiting with his arms wide open and he is saying to you, he's saying to me, he is saying to us right here at LFC, won't you let me change your vision? Won't you let me in so that you can see what I see? A church that is empowered, a church that is full of my spirit, a church that is actually doing what I've called them to do, moving in signs and wonders and miracles that the whole trajectory of the land 
landscape of what you currently live in is changed for my glory. Won't you let me in? Won't let you let me fill your eyes with the supernatural so that the fear will leave your life? So that skepticism will leave your life. So that your personal agenda will leave your life. And you can finally get your godly vision back. Can someone say, open the eyes of my heart, Lord? You see, when you completely surrender to the Lord, you're going to get your vision back. The second thing, when you completely surrender to the Lord, your words are going to be different. Your words are going to be different. Look at Acts chapter 9. Immediately, everybody say immediately. That means right now. Immediately, he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogues saying, he is indeed the son of God. Do you guys see the difference? Before he was knocked off his high horse, how many of you have ever been knocked off your high horse? Uh Uh-huh, some of you are like, what? I've never had a horse, so that's what, right? Before he was knocked off his high horse, he was saying death to the Christians. But since he totally surrendered to Jesus, now he's speaking life. Do you see it? Come on, talk to me here today. Friends, my question to you right now is this. Are your words filled with death or are they filled with life? What is it that you're speaking? What is it that you are spreading? What is it that your heart is saying? Some of us, our words and our actions are so different from one another. It's like Sesame Street. One of these things is not like the other. You see, I'm the guy that I grew up all of my life in church. I never remember a time that I was not at church. I never remember a time, ever. My mom, who is here today, she had keys to the church. She's a piano player. I was at the church. It didn't matter if it was for women's ministries, men's ministry. It didn't matter. I was there. Wedding receptions, I was there. Didn't matter. Someone could say, I cut my teeth on the pew. Ew. That was before we had hand sanitizer too. That's gross. But I grew up in the church. I was, I was in everything. I was in kids' church. I was, I was in youth group. I was in Bible quiz. I was, I was a part of everything As a kid, I sang in the adult choir on Sunday morning. I was in it all. I was at the altar every single time the pastor called for an altar call, even if it was like there's an axe murderer in the room. I was there. I was that kid. I wanted to be right with God. But the difference is, I hadn't yet had an encounter with the Lord. I hadn't yet been knocked off of my high horse. I was saved, but I still had my own agenda. Until one day, and I can remember the day that I was in a service, 
that I was actually mocking what God was doing in that service. Not understanding what the Holy Spirit was supposed to be doing in that room. I was mocking what was going on. And immediately the Holy Spirit shouted as loud as I've ever heard him to speak to me personally. He shouted, don't mock what I am doing. And immediately I was taken back in a vision when I was younger. And I remember I was still mocking in this vision. I was with a, a friend of mine. We always sat together in church and we saw a little old lady raising her hands and her hands begin to shake in the room and we began to mock her for what she was, what, what in the world, what are you? Are you a cereal? Are you a Fruit Loop, right? Are you a Frosted Flake? What are you? And immediately out of that vision, I began to tremble. And I'm literally holding onto my hands. I'm one of them, right? I, I didn't know. I didn't know what was happening. And God changed my life right there. I saw things differently. I talked things differently. I lived differently. Why? Because I'd had an encounter with God. I'd had an encounter with him. And he changed me. And it was there that I completely surrendered my life to Jesus. No longer was it what it was, it was about what I'm supposed to be doing. God, I want to serve you. I want to do whatever it is that you want me to do. I completely and utterly surrendered to him. The psalmist says it like this. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing unto you. What's interesting about that story is that we were just randomly talking to an old college friend, just asking how things were going, and that was before internet was even invented, right? And so we're talking, that was even before cell phones, right? And so now you got the cord, right? And we're talking, and we're just sharing what God has been doing, now what God's done in our life, in our marriage, in our youth group. And I handed over the phone to my wife, and the lady on the other line said, what in the world has happened to him? Because I can hear it in his voice. I can hear it in his voice. You see, even your words that you speak when you've had an encounter with God will be marked with surrender. Number three, when you completely surrender to the Lord, we talked about it. We talked about your eyes are going to be opened. Your words are going to be different. But here's what's crazy. When you completely surrender to the Lord, your destiny will be different. Your destiny. Look at it. If you can jump forward in Acts chapter 13, this is what God's word says. So Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. Do you see that? So Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. Do you see it? Before Saul was sent out by the Pharisees, they were sent out by religion. But since Saul completely surrendered to the Lord, instead now of condemning the gospel, now he's preaching the gospel. Do you see it? Instead of condemning it, now he's preaching it. Instead of capturing saints, now he's captivating hearts for Jesus. 
Instead of delivering letters, now he's writing letters. You see, didn't you know that the vast majority of your copy of God's word in the New Testament was written by Paul? Someone will say, well, wait a second. I thought we were talking about a dude named Saul. (laughs) But now you're saying it's written by Paul? What's going on? His name changed because he was changed. His destiny turned on a dime and he completely submitted to it. In other words, God has the final say-so in your life. Well, how do you know? Because Jeremiah says it. For I know the plans that I have for you. And unfortunately for so many people, we are doing what we want to do and calling it God's will because I'm blessed and I'm highly favored. And we misquote the written word of God to fit our own agenda and try to feel good about doing what we're doing. You see, we've got to completely surrender to the Lord. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. They're plans to give you a hope and a future. And when you pray, I'm going to listen. And if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. You see, you may be here today and you are headed in the direction that you desire and you are fighting with tooth and nail to do what you want. Well, I'm here today. I've been sent. I know I've been sent by God to deliver this message to you. It's time that you completely surrender to the Lord. It's time to get both feet in instead of straddling the fence. It's time to get both feet in instead of tiptoeing through the tulips over here. When God said, it's time Time to jump in to my will. You'll be changed. If you will completely surrender the will of the Lord, he will change everything for the good, friends. He's gonna change your destiny. And you might respond with that statement and say, there ain't no way. There's no way. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I'm doing. And you don't know what I'm gonna do. Yep, you're right. You may say that you may uh, say that God can't use me anymore because of what I'm in. I'm in head deep. I'm, uh, there's no way. Can I tell you? Learn to spit. Spit that garbage right out of your mouth, and begin to say God can do anything because He's able. Listen, if He can save a terrorist, He can save any one of us. Why? Because Ephesians three twenty, He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that's what work within us. Listen, friends, it's time to surrender everything to the Lord and watch him do extraordinary things in our lives. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to the message. If you desire to grow deeper in your faith, we wanna help you. Text the word GROW to 419-495-6802. You can also stay up to date on everything coming up by checking out limafirst.church and hitting the events tab. Lastly, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future LFC content. We'll see you next time.